This is AM Reviews. I'm Adrian. I'm Muhammad. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and all things superheroes. And whatever else interests us. Be sure to like AM Reviews on Facebook and check out our YouTube channel at AM Reviews. And follow us on Instagram at Moe's underscore TV16. And at just underscore Adrian underscore underscore. Which will be linked in our podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to AM Reviews. It's Muhammad and Adrian. We're here to review the Hulu original film, Bad Hair. And this movie has pretty much an all star cast of. Let's see. We have Zaria Kelly. Yeah, I'm not sure who that is, but. She was, she was young Anna, so a little less important, I guess. Um, the young yeah. girls weren't really in it that much. I, um, I was trying to get to the main ones, but IMDb right. has this cast list all mixed up. So bad. But the main character's name is Elle Lorraine. That's her real name. Jay Farrow. You know, he's on SNL, I think, a good amount of times. Yeah, he's, he used to be a main uh, actor on it, but I think he, re- he retired from the series two or three years ago. Okay. I know he had that Stephen A. Smith impression. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Lena Waithe. Um, you know, all of her works. Uh, Vanessa Williams. Kelly Rowland. I actually did enjoy the little bits of pieces that we got of her in this movie. I did. Um, you like Janet Jackson vibes. Yeah. Uh, I know Usher is in here. Um, what's the other guy's name? The father. Blair Underwood. He's in here. Laverne Cox. And, you know, just a lot of people. It's pretty much an all black cast for the most part. Um, the guy from Dawson's Creek. What is his name? James Van, um, Der, wow, Van Der Beek? You say it all together like that? Van Der Beek? Okay, yeah, that's right. James Van Der Beek. I thought that was all together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they spaced it out on there. Okay, well, Bad Hair tells the story of this woman. Um, her name is Anna, which is Elle Lorraine, the main character. Um, she feels underappreciated in her work. She is an assistant at her current position in this TV business, she is not noticed at all. But her boss, which is Vanessa Williams, she tells her, you know, who does your hair? You know, we like to have our hair a certain way for um, our television people. So we need you to get a makeover. We need you to be like everybody else. So she gets her hair done. Um, a certain way, which is with a sew-in or wig or weave or whatever. And everything starts to change for her. Everything starts opening up and people start treating her differently. Um, and then we get into some horror moments, also comedy. But what did you think of bad hair? Yeah, I think it, I think, um, I didn't quite know where it was going. But I actually enjoyed the way it was filmed. I felt like the parts that were more of the horror jump parts, with the exception of some of the ending, um, were pretty well done. The scene where she's having her, her hair sewn in um, by Laverne Cox's character, that was, 
I like that scene, right? Because something's mm-hmm. wrong. She's sewing it in, but she's going into the scalp, into the skin, there's blood. Like, what's happening? Um, and at the same time, we have this storybook that, um, that Anna's dad reads that she didn't quite believe in this folklore. Um, but it's about the moss haired girl. And it's essentially, I don't know if, the, I don't know if this is a real story, or real book. I didn't look that up, but, um, essentially the, the story goes, there was a girl, she was a slave in America and she was jealous of the hair of her master's wife or daughter one, um, and wanted long straight hair. So she finds this black moss in the woods and she essentially does the first sew in the first weave and sews in the black moss. And she comes back and says, look, I've got this beautiful wig. It's beautiful long hair. And then it attacks the master. And essentially the story goes is that moss is not moss. It's the hair of the Native American witches of the past. And they need hosts. And they get their hosts by um, whenever someone sews in their hair, they kind of take over. And that's and it's an interesting storyline. I think... I, I don't I don't know if I would have ever come up with this. I mean, it's very creative, um, and it also ties in the just the it's it's, it's framed in the '80s when we kind of start becoming popular after um, relaxers are kind of going out of style, and it really is a, a commentary on black women's hair and all the choices that go into it and why it is scary for a black woman to change their hair because all that it means and all that it represents and all that it can make them feel and become. So I thought it was a pretty um, interesting way to have that conversation. Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, the director, Justin Simeon, <clears throat> I saw an interview with most of the cast and he was talking about how, how black women are portrayed and the women in the movie, they were they were talking about how whenever they're going for a certain role or in the past, they had to kind of change their hair in a way or um, they were kind of discriminated against because their hair was a certain way and they weren't being accepted. And that's what the movie is trying to present um, with, with bad hair, especially with the main character, Elle Lorraine. She's got her natural hair and she does it herself, but once she is put out there or wants to get promoted, uh, her boss, Vanessa Williams, tells her, you need to get your hair done better. Um, we want it a certain way. So that's when things start opening up for her. And that's the similarities between real life and the movie where black women have to put their hair in a certain way just to get, you know, attention or a certain mm-hmm. job or role. And I kind of like the, the, the way that it was presented. I felt like the way that the camera work was done was, was, was pretty well. Um, especially with that certain tint, kind of like that old nineties or eighties yeah. tint. Um, kind of like a videotape really nice. in some of the scenes, how it kind of looked. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And some of the effects on the eyes. I like that, you know, you know, whenever the hair mm-hmm. was taken over. Um, and I really like that song that Kelly Rowland was singing. That was a I don't good think song. That's a new song. But is that a new song? I, I mean, it's I mean probably written for the movie. But I wonder if you can actually download. I'm looking at Apple Music. Let's see. Yeah, I really like that song. Oh yeah, so it's they have a um a soundtrack and 
It features Kelly Rowland. Um, I Get It, I think, is the song you're referring to. Um, but it has other songs as well. Um, but that was that was the uh, most popular one. That was her kind of theme song. Okay. Yeah, I really like that song. But Kelly Rowland kind of plays a minor part here. She's just that superstar woman who shows off the new type of hair with the weave, kind of what's popular at the time. And um, she's kind of like the role model for, or she's really the catalyst to get um, Elle Lorraine to go for a weave. And mm-hmm. that's what opens up a lot of opportunities for her. You know, even her boyfriend at the time, or used to be boyfriend, Jay Farrow, um, he kind of likes the way that she's being presented now. Um, she starts moving up in the company, getting a bigger role, um, people giving her more respect. But, you know, as we get past that part, a lot of the horror moments start to come in once she gets that new hair. Yeah. And the way that the hair behaves, it reminds me there's someone. It's someone in the cartoon. I'm not sure if it's actual like Marvel or DC, but it's someone whose hair behaves like this. Are they from the, the humans? Oh, you're right. I'm thinking of um, yes, I forget her name. Is it Medusa in in humans? That's not her name. Uh, I can I can look it up really quick. I forget. But essentially, her hair um, it kind of whips around. Well, in, well, in this movie, um, she doesn't control the hair. The, control, the hair controls her. Um, there's a line in the book that says, "Don't be fooled when you see the moss-haired girl um, walk around. It's not her. The witches take turns using her body through her hair." Um, and the hair kind of grows lengths and has a mind of its own and kind of whips out at people and is bloodthirsty. And we first get a hint of this when she's eating a hamburger and it's kind of bleeding out some of the juice. The hair grows and sucks it up. Um, and that's kind of its thing, right? When it sees blood, it goes and it gets thirsty and it drinks it and it fuels it um, to become stronger to take over the host. Um, we see that a couple different ways in the film. Yeah, and just to go back on that character, the name is Medusa. Yeah. From but of course, the, Medusa can control her hair. Yeah, but <laughs> the hair is uncontrollable in this movie. And it kind of takes over everybody. Um, in a way, I feel like the movie's trying to say that the weaves are maybe toxic and women should, or, or black women should wear their hair however they want to or naturally or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was going for. I mean, um, you shouldn't need something else, an enhancement to make yourself um, be presentable or acceptable. You are acceptable just as you are, and that should be fine. Now, if you're doing things to enhance, you know, just because you want to, that's one thing. But um, even challenging the ideas of beauty and why you think something is pretty versus versus how it is um, naturally. Um, this all kind of is commentary about um, how it's a fad and then stars push it and it's not even good for them, um, but they still push it and it becomes the law of the land. Now you have to have this long, silky, sewn-in hair, um, even though it could be bad for you in the end. And I mean, and if you think in in real life, I mean, there are some, if you get weaves done wrong or 
too tight or too often, there can be actual health things that um, aren't good for you. And for some people, that's enough of a reason to be like, I'm not going to do that, right? Pulls out my edges. I'm not going to do that. Um, so I think it's it's a very interesting way, again, to have this um, this commentary on on weave and why it may not be the best choice for you um, and how it could become to dominate your life and your choices and the way you think about yourself and your self-esteem. Yeah, I agree. Um, with the main character, Elle Lorraine, um, she experiences this at a young age whenever her sister or half-sister, somebody that's related to her, um, they're trying to put, I think, relaxer. Uh, yeah, some type of relaxer into her hair to make it straight, but it ends up burning her. It leaves a spot that doesn't mm-hmm. go away. And that's what plays into whenever she gets older, when she's getting that weave put in, um, where Laverne Cox comes in and they are sewing the weave into Ella Rain's hair. And she's get, she's pretty tender headed. Um, that's, that's one thing that they bring up. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's just a lot of real life things that the director put in here that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, I would say the last half of the movie is mostly just horror right. and kind of gets away from the main central, I guess, social commentary of the mm-hmm. movie. And, um, I guess it fell a little flat. It gets a little cartoony. I mean, the hair is being more active and a more, it's taking on more of a character role at this point. And as her boss, she finds Vanessa Williams character, you know, the same one who uses weave as well. And she has concerns about it. She's like, is yours doing this weird stuff too? And she's like, yeah, it is. Um, and for her, it takes over. Um, and she, um, is controlled by it completely, um, by the witches in the weave. And at, and at the end, she finally wets the hair and, cuts it off to get rid of it because it's the only way it'll die. Kind of looks like a spider when you step on it, kind of crumpling up um, and freaking out um, when it gets wet. Um, and, and then she's able to cut it out. But it, it did get a little, a little cartoony. little. But there were some funny... Lena, uh, it was, there were some funny lines. Um, you were going to say uh, Lena Waithe? Yeah, Lena Waithe's part. Um, she had some funny lines towards the end when she's running from the weave. Um, and, and Anna's like, did it did it happen to you too? Um, and, and she's like, no, I, I got mine on a discount from like a homegirl. So it's not that good <laughs> stuff. I was just trying to fit in with these witches. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? I want, I want more of her in this film. I want, I like, actually, I really like Laverne Cox in this film. Um, I think she had some of the more creepy parts in the film when she's sewing it in and, and going into her scalp and it's bleeding and she's ripping in. Um, she has some sly lines where she says, you know, my stuff you can't find on the market. It's exclusive. Um, she goes into detail and so she, like, she's like, is it Indian? Um, cause she says a story about how in, in the Indian culture, um, your hair is like your greatest sacrifice is cutting it. It's, it's the most um, central part to you. So you have to be good. And, um, It'll leave behind good things, all this stuff. And she's like, "Oh, is the hair Indian?" And she says, "Don't worry about that, because um, it's not. It's this, it's this moss that's growing." Um, so I think I could have used more of Laverne Cox and some of the backstory, even because she was able to be really creepy while not being creepy at the same time. 
um, like an anti-fairy godmother in some ways. <laughs> yeah, I, I did like her parts. I mean, it was kind of trippy in a way where yeah. the room is kind of spinning, but they're showing um, the camera is kind of closing in on some parts or, or spinning a, a certain way to kind of give you that horror-like feel. Um, really, I would like to see where Laverne Cox got this hair from, like, what makes mm-hmm. this hair so special? Um, and is she wearing that same hair? Right. <laughs> is she a witch? Yeah. I mean, does it just come from her head? <laughs> right. Well, you do get that scene at the end where they, where the truck that she saw at one point, um, which is not really explaining why she saw the truck, but it had a symbol on it, which was the same as the symbol in the book she had, um, which drove, I think, right before the credits to the farm where the original plantation was, where this tree of moss is. And it, and it kind of, they said, well, the moss controls, they said the master's children inherited the land, therefore everything on the land is theirs and they can do what they wish, but the moss is the one really in control. So I wonder, like, does the moss threaten them with, like, death? Like, do, like is it sentient towards them? Like, I... And I'm sure if they did that, when it would look even more cheesy. I'll give like a moss figure, a black hair figure sitting in a chair in the woods, something like that. You know, it would have got really weird. So, so leaving more to the imagination is probably better in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, I, I think very original. Oh yeah, this is definitely original. Um, very original. But I also feel like just going back to that scene, the ending part, James Van Der Beek, um, what, was he like one of the plantation owners or owners of I that land? I think that was him. Yeah. And he is also the leader or owner of that television station. Right. That's a little bit too much coincidence right there. I mean, they could said it was his brother or something, but our cousin, um, a little too close to the nose <laughs> there, but, um, yeah, he was the ones who selling and producing this, um, moss as weed. It's also, I think, an, a slight commentary on the fact that, um, you know, this weave industry, the hair industry, um, black women are by far the, they pay the most into the hair cosmetic industry historically. Yet they have the smallest percent of ownership in business. You go to most of these hair shops. They're not black women. Black men and women are running them. Sometimes they're Indian. Um, oftentimes these products, especially you get to the higher end stuff, is, is by white people. It's by white companies, white men in charge. Um, so it begs the question, you know, you have these products and stuff about loving yourself and loving the skin you're in. Um, and you know, buying a weave extensions and, um, even going further and like bleaching cream, all this kind of stuff and marketing it as well. You made the choice to do this as a woman, as a woman of color. So it is good, but it's all on the dime and the sale of these old white men who, who don't have anything to gain from this service other than your money. Um, so even this thing you're doing for yourself, um, is it really hurting or helping your cause? Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> I don't know. A deep, I mean, not a question to answer, but, um, I think it, it maybe was unintentional, but that is something that I've 
done some reading about, um, we'll just look at some figures about when it comes to the hair industry, the nail makeup industry, um, the percentage of black buyers versus black owners is very, uh, very high discrepancy there. Yeah. Um, well, I guess there, there needs to be a, a really big push to have more black ownership. And I think black people supporting other black people, not just, you know, maybe just get mine and mm-hmm. you know, on the way. Most definitely. I think, and above all else, it's, you know, a sentiment about other cultures, um, communities in America and elsewhere have this strong mentality of building up their own community. Right. So putting money back into their own neighborhoods, into their families' pockets and, and spreading the wealth that way from a ground up approach versus in America, um, the black community in particular, um, we are still struggling with deciding on how and if it is worth pouring back into black business owners um, and entrepreneurs. Um, for whatever reason, that is something that the black community has struggled for a long time. And there's historical reasons for that. There's governmental things that have gotten in the way, but, um, that's compared to other cultures. It's, it's an area that, um, we have not grown in. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's really glaring and you just have to improve. Maybe someday we'll own a business and try to pour back into something and something that's in the black community. I don't know, but <laughs> little by little. Uh, yeah, let's take baby steps because I'm nowhere near owning anything. <laughs> <laughs> Not at, oh, I, um, rent, I don't even rent this apartment. It's kind of my job, but. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would say I'm doing pretty good right now. Yeah. Kind of owning a house. Yeah. And cars. Or, no, not cars. Car. One car. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, we do get Usher in here, but it's just. For a very tiny bit, he doesn't do much. So no, he's um, just Kelly Rowland's person, Kelly Kelly Rowland's boyfriend, playing a side role. Yeah, well, I wish we had more of her. I mean, I really like the song that she had, um, the way that she was, you know, doing whatever. <laughs> yeah, she could have been the head, the head witch, instead of yeah, the boss. definitely, instead of the boss, uh, Vanessa Williams. I mean, she was fine. But right. She's also never resolved hair. in this. Um, the boss, spoiler alert, dies. We think, I guess, the hair is wet and she didn't cut it off so, and she like shriveled up like a spider. So I guess she's dead. But, <laughs> and the friend, but, um, we don't really know. Or is just the hair dead? I don't know. Um, but also the pop star, we never see what happens to her. I mean, for all we know, she's still wearing the weave. Yeah. I mean, most likely. Or maybe she's being, or, or been taken over by the weave. Maybe. We see everybody who has the weave on, their eyes start to glow like a, a yellow glare. And right. it's almost like they're just completely taken over. Now, the main character, Elle Lorraine, that happens to her, but not completely. Like she's not completely taken over. The hair just kind of does whatever at times, especially up to the end. But towards the end, the hair is less active for some reason. Yeah, I'm like, it's, water gets like on it's kind of confusing. Like, if she's fighting another witch with the hair, would would the hair be loyal to her person, her host, or would the hair be loyal to the other hair? Because we could have had like a hair fight scene, like Venom, 
But I guess the hair doesn't bend to the will of the host. But it also didn't defend the other hair who it would be a part of. So I thought that was pretty confusing that it didn't fight back or fight at all. Um, but like that saying venom just now, that, that would have been a very interesting turn. If like she talked to the hair, like the hair came to her face and was like, okay, this is what we're doing. No more of this. We the more, more I think about the more, more I'm like, wow, is this venom? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did have that kind of symbiotic relationship yeah. but they never worked together the hair just kind of had his own mind and right. was only active for a certain amount of time um not really during the end to protect his own host i mean i would think the hair would want to protect his own host so they could right. still survive so i don't know about that that's confusing um I, I guess they just left it like that just to have some suspense um but i didn't want to see that venom fight I mean, the Venom fight in, in its own movie was not good in itself. <laughs> so so uh, I guess it was for the best. But um, any other thoughts about the film? I mean, this is an interesting one, but it falls flat in a couple other places. Yeah, I don't think I have much else. Like I said, I would love to see more Laverne Cox. I think um, she had a lot to add to this film. She was in it for the shortest amount of time and had the most impact, I feel like. Compared to other characters. Also, I wish there was more um, of the dad of um, Blair Underwood. Blair Underwood. Uh, his, for one thing, his voice. He's a great narrating voice. It's a very iconic <laughs> voice. Um, and the, him telling the story and just the dream sequences. I wish there's a little more with that um, than just them sitting at a table um, and him laughing. I think. I wish there was more of that as well, because I thought he did an awesome job in other parts he was in. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, he's barely in the movie. He probably has a total amount of time of 10 minutes, but <laughs> right, that's pretty much it. Um, this guy, the, the uh, director, Justin Simeon, he also did Dear White People, and they do have a show now. I don't know if this girl was in the the movie, but I know she's in the show, Ashley Blaine. I don't know if you're looking at the cast right now. Mm. But I would say this is a good cast. Um, we didn't really get the best out of everybody. Everybody was kind of like a cameo. Well, not everybody, <laughs> but some of the bigger names. Yeah. I agree. I think that's pretty much it on what to go over. So let's go ahead and rate it. So... The lowest rating is trash. Middle is background noise, and the highest is a banger. So, how'd you rate the film? Bad hair. I would give bad hair a mid-low background noise. I feel like if this was 15 years ago, uh, or, or no, I'd say if this was 10 years ago, I could easily see this being on a bootleg DVD playing in the back of a barbershop or a beauty salon. Um, Definitely beauty salon. <laughs> I think it's definitely that caliber of film. Not to say it's bad, but um, definitely a, a background, not something that everyone's going to see. Um, the message is really good. I think for some, it will go over their heads, um, as simple as it is. But, um, yeah, mid-level background noise. Okay. I'm going to rate it as a high background noise just because of how it was presented. Off of that alone, I enjoyed it late. 80s, early 90s feel, the tint of the camera. The camera work was done pretty well. 
uh, from my point of view. And, you know, I just love that song that Kelly Rowland had. I mean, it was just amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wanted more of that. But um, the general message overall is pretty good. Um, I would say some of the horror parts kind of fall flat. It, it, it does mix in comedy with horror, um, especially near the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but the movie tries to get very serious near the end, and it's not really scary. I mean, <laughs> nobody would nice. be scared of this. This is just some hair just going wild and grabbing people. But um, I really like the cast, but um, it doesn't deserve a banger. But I would say, yeah, high background noise. Yeah, I completely agree. They took an interesting direction. I um, I enjoyed the moss, the moss-haired girl story, and the parallels they drew, and the struggle with women's hair today. Um, I think it really came through nicely. Very well put together. Yeah, I think it was well put together for the most part, or at least the first half of the movie. Um, when everybody was coming in and they're showing those reflections of real life in the movie, uh, you know. With, Black women struggling with their hair and trying to be accepted in society and them having to constantly change their hair to adapt to what people think are beautiful. But, um, I would say, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good watch. Um, it's not really too long. I think it's just below two hours, but, um, I would say give it a watch. Now, I think. Like you were saying, if this came out 10 years ago, it would probably be accepted better. Or, well, actually, I don't know how it's accepted, but I think it would be more popular. You know, if Get Out didn't come before this or, or something yeah. else. Even us. Um, I know I it's, agree. It's, in that, I think. it's in that black horror new genre of film. Um, I think it's kind of like twofold, like Get Out had to be good so the genre could be a thing but because it was so good everything will be compared to that and that may not be fair to every one of these films that's true um i mean we had one earlier this year antebellum which was yeah it's, it's bad <laughs> big letdown oh yeah huge letdown man i was really looking forward to that but um i think bad hair is better than that one um at least i enjoyed it more in Antebellum, that was more of just, why are we even doing this? But, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, definitely give this one a watch. It's on Hulu, um, streaming. I think it is a Hulu original, or was it? Yeah, I believe it's a Hulu it's, original. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, definitely give this one a watch um, to all the listeners. Um, but also on a quick note, HBO Max is going to be showing basically every WB movie that's supposed to come out next year, starting with Wonder Woman. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think um, we're at the point that people were scared of. Well, I won't say they're scared of, that people warned us about. Where cable, obsolete, go on demand, get Netflix, Hulu. Well, now every channel, every producer, every big studio wants their own. Disney Plus and you know Peacock uh, for NBC and now we have HBO Max on top of HBO Live and HBO like it already was a special channel. Um, so I think 
I think time will tell how successful these films are monetarily if and if they'll continue on the same trajectory. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe when things open back up and movie theaters exist again, um, maybe they'll find a way to make profit because of both mediums. I don't know. I hope the movie theater isn't dead after the next two years um, because of this trend. Well, I don't think the movie theater will be dead, but I think there will be a lot less money put into it or a lot less focus on it because having stuff that's streaming, it just makes it so much easier. You can turn it on and off whenever you want. You control uh, what time you watch it, when you watch it, um, however you want to watch it. You can eat whatever. You can talk as loud as you want. Um, and that's... <laughs> People are just in more control than they ever have before. And I think people like that. Now, if you talk to some people, they enjoy the movie theater experience and some people didn't like the movie theater experience. Um, and in, in my work, I work with a, a good amount of the geriatric type of people and they don't like it. They don't like the movie theater experience because people are talking, laughing, and also attention spans are a lot shorter so people aren't fully paying paying attention to movies so i don't, I don't know I, I feel like movie theaters they're still always going to be around but there's just going to be a lot less focus on it yeah i definitely see there's a possibility i think the only thing that could harm that is because there are so many different streaming sites and networks that all cost um we may be disenfranchising many viewers because they're not getting all these subscriptions. I mean, some of them, you know, they start having bundles, right? Hulu and ESPN Plus, um, coming with Disney Plus that now I, it comes with Verizon, right? Already in the bill. So you have things like that where it'll sustain itself because it's in the bundles, but all these individual networks and things, yes, it's on demand, but essentially it, it becomes cable all over again, and then your the, your bill overall is just as high as it was, if not more, than when you had regular cable. So rather than having all these subscriptions, do you just go to the movies? I don't know. Maybe there's room for both. I don't know. Um, I, I think, if anything, people who go to the movies will want to go home and then watch it again so they can nitpick or relive it. But I think... People will still want the experience. Yeah, um, I, I guess those hardcore movie fans, yeah, they want the movie theater experience. But I think for the casual person, I don't think they really care. Um, we've already pretty much gotten used to watching movies at home, and they can control whenever they want to watch it. Um, you don't have to wait for a certain time. So. Like you said, there is a huge problem with all these different networks, but the reason with uh, that bundle comes up with Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus is because they're all owned by the same company, which is Disney, so they can just do that. But you can also just share passwords and log in and out of people's things. So <laughs> Exactly. How much money are they going to lose if this is the only way you watch them? Because also, people aren't always going to pay for these platforms. Oh, no. There's, there's so many times where I get a free trial for something and I cancel it right after. 
Oh, free trial on Netflix got hip to it. I used to use a different address, email address, and then he said, this card has been used. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> trade that up. Um, yeah, that, it's easier to pirate movies when they're online. Oh, um, yeah. It's, I don't know. Way easier. Because it comes out clear know. whenever it's streaming. Don't ask me how I know that, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but still, yeah, the pirating is just going to go up and up. Unless they just come down with harder restrictions. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but that, that's definitely going to go up. I don't know. And well, Disney Plus has it locked up on the, um, on mobile platforms, at least. I don't know about televisions. Because if you take a screenshot while on Disney Plus, it will not show up. It'll be a black screenshot. I think Apple TV Plus will be the same way. It won't allow screenshots, which is like magical. It'll show a screenshot of the timestamp. And the title of the show, screaming black. Yeah, I, I've seen that before. The same thing with Hulu. Like, I tried to screen record, mm-hmm. nothing showed up. Well, it didn't even record. <laughs> right. So, I think it just depends on if it's on one of these streaming platforms. Um, now, if it's on, like, uh, Google Chrome or Safari or whatever, then you're good. Um, for the most part, I think I'm not, I haven't logged into Hulu or Netflix and tried to do it through Safari or Google Chrome, but mm-hmm. it might work differently there. I'm not sure. But either way, the movie theater business is going through a really big change and um, nothing was ever the same. Nope. Drake. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll go ahead and end it there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you check out our other platforms, including YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which will all be linked in the description. And you can also click the message link to send us a message and get featured on the show. Thanks for listening.